for the morning air today. Carol will be here tomorrow morning at 5 with another program of classical music for the morning air. Stay tuned now for Wake Up Call, followed by Democracy Now! at 8 o'clock. I'm Dale Langford. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay safe and stay tuned to KOPN Columbia. Good morning, Mid-Missouri. It's about 10 minutes to late. Here's your wake-up call for Tuesday, October 5th on KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM. Today we're expecting a high of 72 uh, with possibly some scattered showers. Stay tuned for the full weather report after these headlines. Allison Kite of the Missouri Independent reports that children in Missouri have elevated levels of lead in their blood at a greater rate than almost any other state, according to a massive national study that was published this week. More than 80% of Missouri children had some level of lead in their blood. This study, authored by the doctors at Boston's Children's Hospital and Quest Diagnostics, was published this week in a peer-reviewed journal published by the American Medical Association. It included 1.1 million tests um, sampled between 2018 and 2020. 
There's no safe level of lead in a child's blood. Exposure to the metal can cause brain and nervous system damage, slow a child's growth and development, and lead to learning, behavior, hearing, and speech problems. The study focused on both detectable blood lead levels, one microgram per deciliter, as well as elevated levels, which would be five micrograms per deciliter or more. In Missouri, 4.5% of children had elevated levels of lead in their blood, far ahead of the 1.9% national average. So that's the higher levels. And the proportion of children with any detectable level of blood lead was higher than the national average, which is about 50%. Here in Missouri, it was 82% of kids who had detectable levels of blood, of lead in their blood. So fairly shocking news, I thought. And in a thematically related story, Lauren Tronstad of the Columbia Daily Tribune reports that the University of Missouri Healthcare Center is celebrating breaking ground. Last Friday, they broke ground on the tower that will become the new children's hospital on their main campus. The facility is set to open in the summer of 2024 at the corner of Hitt and Lake Streets. The $250 million project is one of the largest in University of Missouri history. The new facility will be a nine-story care pavilion, and the addition will allow for the expansion of 90 beds. The goal is to integrate the MU Health Hospital system into one convenient and centralized location. It will replace the MU Women's and Children's Hospital on Keene Street. Some services will begin moving in just a matter of weeks as part of a a three-year transition to integrate children's and women's services with the main hospital campus. The new pavilion is planned east of the University Hospital Patient Care Tower, which also houses the Ellis Fischel Cancer Center. An enclosed footbridge will connect the new pavilion to the physician's office building. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and so today our guest is Cale Mitchell. He's the executive director of Spectrum Healthcare and the host of our new medical news show, Let's Be Well, that airs the second and fourth Tuesdays of the month. Good morning, Cale. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? So when we were talking about the fact that it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month, you mentioned something really interesting to me, and I said, you have got to come on the news and talk about it. Yeah, so in our clinic, um, we provide a lot of testing services uh, for STDs, chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, um, HIV. And while we like to see folks uh, incorporate that into their routine healthcare, we are seeing an increased number of individuals who are coming in because they have been victims of um, sexual violence. Hmm. Um, And more and more of that is looking like date rape. So they, um, the person is known to them, mm-hmm. um, and there is an increasing concern that those individuals have been drugged at some point I during that interaction. I saw a news article, a local news article, within the last three months that was reporting on here in the city of Columbia that the police were seeing a much higher number of cases of people who thought who had evidence of having been drugged. That is That is true, and we're starting to see that um, even in a younger population, so um, that's trickling down into our high school population, mm. not just on the college campuses. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some ways that um, individuals can protect themselves. I think it's important to also note that we are not talking about just women here. This is a genderless issue. We are seeing both men and women um, being affected by this. Mm-hmm. Um, But there are ways that you can protect yourself. Obviously, 
Um, if you're out in a social setting and you are consuming alcohol or any other beverage, keeping control of that beverage is key. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, there is some technology that is out there um, that you can test your drink. And that comes in the form of a sticker right now. A sticker? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So you can put that on the back of your phone case, um, on on your debit card, wherever you can stick it. It's a one-time use uh-huh. sticker. But you would just dip your finger um, into your drink, um, rub it across that sticker. And if that date rate drug, GHB, is in that liquid, there's going to be a chemical reaction and the, the sticker is going to turn um, blue mm-hmm. in this case so that you would know that you are potentially going to uh, ingest that substance. <clears throat> now, there are some things that haven't been cleared by the FDA that are going to come out on the market. Um, one is a nail polish that will change I saw color. that in a magazine. I wondered how far yes. that was out. So it's going through, they, there's some reliability issues with that one. Mm-hmm. The one that'll probably come out is a straw. Oh! And the straw will actually change color. Interesting. So this sticker, yeah. so this sticker is available now, is what I hear you saying. Yeah, you can you can find it, um, you know, like many things, you can order it online. So you need to just um, Google it. Just Google it. And there are lots of different places. Um, you know, Amazon, obviously, you can carry it, but you can, there's lots of different places that you okay. can search out and find that sticker. Okay. I would what, I would search for just date rape drug sticker, I guess? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. And that would be, it's easy. They're um, usually come in like a six pack of stickers. Oh, uh-huh. Um, and they're going to run probably about a dollar a sticker. Because I'm hearing you say that, like, once you get the sticker wet, if it's on your phone, your debit card, it's done. Even if it doesn't it's detect done. it. Yeah. So each yeah. each time you tested a new drink, you would need a new a sticker. new sticker. Correct. Yeah. So the safe, I mean, the easiest thing is to make sure you control your drink. You've seen it come from, you know, be opened and made in front of you and you've had your eyes on it. But sometimes, I mean, you want to sit it down and go dance. And, right. Yeah. Right. So, so when yeah, you come you back. Um, if you can't have... Um, a designated drink, drink supervisor water. at your table mm-hmm. or, or or what you know there's there's some ways that you can protect yourself yeah interesting well that's really interesting technology and um so if someone thinks that they may have been a victim of of being drugged and possibly um the victim of sexual violence um th- the best thing to do would be to possibly call your clinic um, you know, it's just... I mean, 911 in the moment, I guess. Yeah, right. So um, if an individual believes that they have been a victim of sexual assault or violence mm-hmm. and, and and they know who the person is or suspect that they know the per- who the person is, mm-hmm. really the first stop is going to need to be the ER. Okay, the because ER. A, yeah, a rape kit is going to need to be collected. Okay. Um, and that is... Um, that because what has been done is violence against you that is illegal evidence needs to be collected at that point sure that makes sense um, so there's there's some chain of custody things and the ER is the the required um, starting point for that yeah Mm -hmm. and I would also say that if you are um, going into that situation going into the ER 
and you know that you're going to be um, presenting for sexual assault or violence and a is going to be done. I know it'll be hard to remember in the moment, but please ask for a social worker mm-hmm. to be present mm-hmm. um, so that you can get the necessary support and resources in place um, moving forward. That's a great That's suggestion. A, yeah, It's a difficult time and it is hard to go it alone. And sometimes we don't have our own social supports in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what those individuals in those hospital settings are there for. Oh, that is such wonderful advice. Well, Kale, thank you so much for bringing aware the awareness to this issue. And if you'd like to hear more of Kale, he's so smart. He'll be on air again this coming Tuesday at 5 p.m. Um, on the next episode of Let's Be Well. Today, we're expecting a high of 76 under partly cloudy skies. It'll cool down to 61 degrees overnight. Expect scattered thunderstorms on Wednesday with a high of 72 and more showers on Thursday. Democracy Now! is next. everything, but changes are always in the works, even here at KOPN. Lullaby Broadway. You're listening to 89.5 FM, KOPN, Columbia. From New York, this is Democracy Now! Facebook has demonstrated it cannot act independently. Facebook over and over again has shown it chooses profit over safety. It is subsidizing, it is paying for its profits with our safety. I'm hoping that this will have had a big enough impact on the world that they get the fortitude and the motivation to actually go put those regulations into place. After blowing the whistle on how Facebook's own research indicates it prioritizes profits over the welfare of its users, former Facebook product manager Francis Haugen is set to testify to Congress today about how the social media giant boosts disinformation and hate speech and contributes to eating disorders and suicidal thoughts among teenage girls. We'll speak with Roger McNamee, an early Facebook investor, a Zuckerberg mentor, who wrote the book, Zucked, Waking Up to the Facebook Catastrophe. And Jessica Gonzalez, co-CEO of Free Press, member of the Real Facebook Oversight Board, who co-founded Change the Terms, a coalition that works to disrupt online hate. Then, the Pandora Papers. This leak is really Panama Papers on steroids. This is the Pandora Papers, because we think we're opening a box on a lot of things. We're looking at about 12 million documents from 14 different service providers. These are law firms, um, firms that set up secret offshore accounts for people in multiple jurisdictions. The British Virgin Islands, Belize, Samoa. These documents, for the very first time, is actually showing the U.S. as a tax haven itself. We look at the new report with an editor from the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists and at the connection between offshore banking and colonialism. All that and more coming up. 
Welcome to Democracy Now!, democracynow.org, The War and Peace Report. I'm Amy Goodman. Facebook whistleblower Francis Haugen's testifying on Capitol Hill today, expected to call on lawmakers to take action against Facebook for the harm it poses to its users and the world. According to her prepared remarks, she'll say, quote, when we realized tobacco companies were hiding the harms it caused, the government took action. When we figured out cars were safer with seatbelts, the government took action. And today, the government is taking action against companies that hid evidence on opioids.